This is CliffCentral.com. Please note that the views expressed and the advice provided in this show are for general advice and entertainment purposes only. Nothing stated should be treated as a substitute for your own independent legal advice based on your own specific facts and objectives. Therefore, the presenter and CliffCentral.com accept no liability of any nature whatsoever, either expressed or implied. Law. Like you've never heard it before. The Laws of Life. With Gary Hertzberg on CliffCentral.com. I'm Gary Hertzberg and this is The Laws of Life on CliffCentral.com. Alongside me today, Lionel Makokotlela. Welcome, Lions. Dumela Gary and Dumela to our podcasters. And yeah, it's Tuesday, but a heavy Tuesday. As South Africa, we are mourning the passing of the mother of the nation. Yeah. Oh, Mama uh, Mandela. Uh, May I rest in peace? Cool. Lines, uh, today's show is about what we call an unsung hero. Mm-hmm. And uh, the behind-the-scenes actuary in the S.E.D. many hearings, uh, he's the man who, on behalf of the families, made the calculations to counter what I call the puss-poor 200,000 rand per family, which was offered or tendered by the government in full and final settlement. That's what they offered, 200,000. Gary, so, yeah. uh, that's a very emotional topic. Life yeah. is dimming with something else. But yeah, yeah. 200,000 lines is, is outrageous. Uh, the judge who was the arbitrator, he said the delinquent department made the derisive offer of 200,000 rand per family. A shocker. Sure. It's an absolute disgrace for what the department did to those mental patients, many of whom died, uh, were tortured, or have just vanished. And some cannot be traced even today. Yeah, so f- yeah. A finger in the eye offer is what I call it. Our guest today is the actuary who dedicated a large chunk of his time and expertise to crunch the numbers. Welcome to you, Greg Whitaker. Thanks, Gary, and thanks, Lionel. Thank you. I'm sure your persuasive helpfulness as an actuary, actuary assisted the judge when he made his award. He didn't quite mention it, but I'm sure that he took it into account. Yeah, I think it was just important to put a number on the table. Um, you know, it's because the the, the 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 large part of the claim was for constitutional damages. Um, there's no real uh, precedent in terms of calculating constitutional damages, so we just made an attempt to 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 provide some sort of parameter at, uh, uh, you know, for the hearings. Yeah. The story's got a, a mountain of coverage, uh, media coverage over the last few weeks and months, but I don't think anyone has touched on how the calculations were made mm. and uh, how the judge got to the figures. So uh, we're going we're gonna to dwell on that today. Let's give out our details lines, our Facebook page. I'll give that one, The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg. You want to give the Twitter handle? Yes, uh, at Hertzlaw, H-E-R-T-Z-L-A-W. And you can always uh, just uh, like our page on Facebook. And if you've got any legal issues that you would like us to assist you with in terms of us actually talking about the subject matter, you can do so by touching base on the Facebook page. And we'll make it a point that we find a specialist within that specific area of law uh, to really talk and unpack the trouble that you might be facing. Our partner today, Legal Talk South Africa, with their tens of thousands of members, will be taking one or two questions from their members as well. Yeah, and the partnership is constantly growing, and thank you very much to all the podcasters who are constantly uh, downloading the the podcast and listening and sharing that uh, information with their uh, loved ones. Yeah. 
Okay, uh, Greg Whitaker. Greg, uh, you've done over the years uh, hundreds if not thousands of road accident matters where you've given your calculations as to what people are entitled to. How did you get involved in in this very case? Um, in this particular matter, Section 27 just approached me in um, August last year. I have, I have done um, some matters for them in the past as well. Um, so they just came to, to have an initial discussion just to sort of um, brainstorm a few ideas around how one could go about uh, putting some value on uh, a matter such as this. In a case where, you know, in a normal um, damages claim or a normal loss of support claim where someone dies, uh, it's ordinarily there's a claim for uh, uh, lost earnings, so the, the, the dependents would be entitled to a portion of what the deceased would have earned. This is a completely different matter where all of the um, people involved were long-term psychiatric patients. Um, they weren't providing support to uh, to family members. Um, so just take the, the character of the calculation is completely different. Let's uh, give a little bit of a mention to Section 27. We know it's a public interest uh, law centre, uh, their website is section 2727 in number.org.za if anyone wants to have a look at it. They do an enormous amount of great work, don't they, Greg? They do. They've, do, they've done a lot of, uh, a lot of high profile matters. They've, they did the, uh, uh, the Michael Kamapi, um, put toilet training matter. I think that's still awaiting judgment. Mm. Um, this, this matter consumed, uh, the time of two, Attorneys on, I think, a full-time basis for a couple of years, um, Sasha, Sasha Stevenson yeah. and, and Umanyana Regego. So I think they were pretty much full-time on this matter. Um, and uh, they've done they've done a lot of work around uh, textbook delivery. Mm-hmm. So they they focus Section 27 is effectively Section 27 of the Constitution, and that deals with healthcare, uh, food, water, and social security. So just the, a person's right uh, access to healthcare services. Uh, sufficient food and water, social security, um, and so yeah, those those are the areas that they focus on. Now we know that the Department of Health, is it uh, the government we call them, they made an offer at some point, either before the trial or during the trial. I think it was during the trial. They made a a paltry offer of two hundred thousand per yes. family. Yeah. Now you had to now, well, either you you had to do it before. You had to conceptualize a, a, a real claim. For these people, how did you go about doing this? Because yeah. there's no precedent for this kind of claim, is there? No, there isn't. Because, um, as I said, in, in in a common law claim, the, well, there's normally three things that are claimed. Uh, one is funeral expenses, mm. which they settled, I think, towards the end of the trial, the second last day or the last day, um, at twenty thousand rand, and then a claim for emotional shock, uh, which was, I think they settled on one hundred eighty thousand rand, and that's just based on uh, past case law precedent. And then, obviously, the loss of support claim, which is invariably the, the largest component of a, a claim in the event of death, um, that fell away because it wasn't a normal dependence action. So, sorry, Greg, if you lose a child, God forbid, in a motor collision, right now you get nothing. Well, effect- effectively, effectively, just the funeral expenses. Yes. Um, so, and if you lose a mother or you lose a brother who's not your breadwinner… Yeah. Uh, to, to your family, you get nothing as well. Yeah, that's that's the sort of that's the sort of standpoint with uh, like road accident fund claims. That, wow. and that, so that's based on common law, and common law is just precedent, really. So now, this is what the government was wanting to offer the families. In this case, they said, "Well, you can't get more than than yeah. that shock, funeral expenses, and we'll give you a little bit, and that's it. Go away." 
Yeah, so they, yeah. so they were relying uh, on just the common law claim and, and nothing at constitutional um, damages. Okay, you came along and said there are constitutional damages which you want to calculate. This is something novel in our law. There's no, there, there's nothing, there's no, uh, we, uh, what's the word? Precedent, really. There have yeah. been a handful of cases. I think the the one matter that comes to mind that was cited by Justice Morsenicki in the judgment was the Kate matter, which was a, a matter where um, a lady claimed for um, social grant payments, and that she was delayed by, I think, two or three years, and then um, she was awarded uh, interest on the, the payments as constitutional damages. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, a large amount. So, um, so yeah, it, it, I think because of the 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 multitude of uh, well, the, the number of parts of the constitution that were violated in this matter, um, mm. I think uh, you know what 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 we had in mind was just um, because the normal you, you normally look at placing the dependents in the same position that they would have been had the unlawful death not occurred. We just said, well, let's look at it from the other side and put the perpetrator in the same position as they would have been, and then we started investigating. Um, the, the main the main crux of my report was to say, well, what would this have cost, in, and that's a saving. And then uh, once we, you know, we once we've got the total saving, we can just uh, work out the average per person. Okay, so let's go a little slow, Greg. You were handed the entire electronic data file representing representative of all the people that were either killed or or died or yeah, I, or vanished or still well, alive. No, I yeah. just had I had a data file in the for my final report of 143 um, people that had died there was one further person added which uh, towards the end of the trial so so my electronic data file was basically 143 um, deceased people deceased and um yeah then we set about uh trying to calculate well what would that total um saving had be have been in respect of those people Okay, you had bipolar patients, you had whatever, every mental disease imaginable. You had to then work out what their life expectancy would have been. Is that kind of where you That's went right. on That's right. So, yeah, yeah, so what one would have to do is once you, um, once you have this group of people project, uh, what their, uh, their likely future lifetime would have been, because mm. that impacts on, on how much the, the total cost would have been. So, um, in this particular case, because uh, we didn't have, uh, we, we, I mean, we didn't have data on the, well, the diagnosis for every single person, um, because in some cases, um, the, some patients were transferred without medical records, uh, or even identity numbers. So we they vanished with their records. Oh, we, yeah, yeah, we, the, we didn't yeah. have, yeah, so we don't, we don't have, and also, even if you do have a diagnosis, there, there's so many things that come into play, uh, you know, in terms of, um, for example, like bipolar, what was the, when was the last episode? Mm-hmm. And that has an effect on uh, life expectancy if, uh, when one goes. And so we, we looked, we, we looked at a whole lot of international studies, um, around, uh, the life expectancy of, um, of, uh, of mental health patients. And then, um, w- once we had done that, then we looked at, uh, are there any local studies? Um, and there was a, there was a local study, um, at Vescopies. Um, but in that particular study, they didn't find that there was much of a difference between the uh, mortality experience of mental health care patients versus the general population. But when you take the analysis further, you have to compare that to, well, what were they comparing the, uh, the mortality experience to? And they were comparing it to a fairly heavy table of mortality, which included HIV, um, AIDS deaths, and so on. So mm-hmm. there wasn't the comparison table, uh, you know, it, it, that has a big effect on, 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 Ultimately, how you 
um, allow for a, a reduction in life expectancy. So, Greg, what you really did was you worked out what the age was, what his condition was, and then you said if he was still alive, he would have been housed by the government in a facility at so much per annum, and that would have cost the government X. Therefore, the government must kind of compensate for that. Is that how you... Yeah, so we just said like they, they would have paid... Uh, in the in the ordinary course of events, had they stayed at Life is the Many, they would mm. have paid X per month. Yes. I think it was close to uh, ten or eleven thousand rand per month. Mm. It was three hundred twenty rand per day. Um, they would have paid that over their remaining lifetime, and that would have been a certain value uh, based on the life expectancy. What we did do in the final calculation, and, and we pieced it all together from um, various. Uh, it, well, well, the the um, I think it was the CEO of. Uh, Life is to many mentioned that there had been 462 deaths at their facilities over the period from October 2011 to June 2016. And then we related that to the number of hospital beds or the number of beds they had in their various facilities, um, which we reconstructed from their financial statements. Um, so we did a little bit of, uh, you know, I mean, we, we really exhausted the data that we had. We're minimizing it because I asked you before the show, I said, let's just keep it light because otherwise we're going to lose people if we really get into the nitty gritty. Bottom line, Greg, you spent uh, an inordinate amount of time on this one. Uh, do you know roughly how many hours you spent? Probably Ooh, 50, 100 hours. Probably, really? uh, sorry, yeah. sorry, probably somewhere between there, 50 and 100 hours, I'd say. Okay, so it wasn't a matter of just sitting down and no, throwing no, it a wasn't few numbers just like around. Throwing, yeah. No, no, we did a, a, there was a lot of background reading on uh, international studies into um, life expectancy for mental health care users. Um, and then we decided that like, there was no better um, projection than to use the actual experience of life as many. So we, mm. we were able to um, reconstruct that. And it just so happened that it ended up being fairly close to one of the studies that um, Professor Makorba, the life, uh, well, the healthcare ombudsman, mentioned in in his uh, second report. So yeah. uh, we got to a very similar. What figure did you get to? Um, in terms of the look, the, we we said the average life expectancy um, for you know just just in the normal course of events would have been about twenty one years. So the the average um, the average age of the um, I think we had an average age of uh, around about fifty five. Fifty five, yeah. yeah. So, um, if you looked at the average of the, it would be roughly twenty one years. And then what we ended up doing our calculations on was another fourteen years. So we allowed for a, a seven year reduction in in life expectancy due to the loadings that we applied. Um, What's the figure you came to that you gave we, in court? Yeah, yeah. We we recommended we recommended about one and a half million per uh, family. So our our calculations just focused on the deceased, um, whereas the, the 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 ruling does um, provide compensation to um, uh, people who survived the who survived as well. You did this pro bono, didn't you? Greg? Yes, I did. Yeah, the whole thing free. Wow. Yeah, oh, it's amazing, amazing. Wow. There's there's a question that came through from someone on legal talk. It's from Joy Joy De Silva. I'll give her name. She said my brother was one of the patients. That was moved to an to an illegal NGO, and when all the news broke, he was moved in the middle of the night to an unknown facility, and she spent days trying to track him down, etc. And then he was moved around. I'm going to short cut it short. Uh, she wants to know um, here, please. She wants to know who's entitled to get what. 
which patients, uh, is it also the patients that vanish, their families, who gets what? In if terms I, of in terms of the uh, can, eventual arbitration yeah, award, if I could specifically yeah. deal with what the what the ruling, um, uh, what the, the various amounts were. So the so there were sixty three um, uh, families of um, deceased that were rep- represented by Section twenty seven. That that was the one category of claimants. Mm. There was another category category of claimants that were um, four families of deceased that were re- represented by I think it was her to Spice attorneys, and then there were sixty eight. Um, patients that had survived the um, the transfer um, and they were represented by the Legal Aid Board. So the arbitration ruling specifically um, deals with them. However, there is a paragraph in the in the uh, arbitration ruling, if I can read, um, where Justice yes. Morsenecki says, "I am not unmindful of the fact that many other potential claimants are not before me in these proceedings." I'm aware of many public announcements and media advertisements that invited potential claimants. Not all have joined the process. When they find their voice or way, I trust that the government would choose to meet their claim in terms identical to the award um, than to set up new litigation of another Mm. arbitration process. So if anyone comes out the woodwork, he'll get what everyone else got. that's my we understanding hope, yeah. of yeah. That's uh, that, uh, you know if the government entertains. What is the exact award that was given by the judge? So the there was a, an award of um, twenty thousand rand for funeral expenses, mm. one hundred and eighty thousand rand for general uh, damages for shock and psychological trauma, mm. and then one million rand in constitutional damages. So the, is that to everyone across the board? That, so the, the 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 total is one point two million rand, but that would uh, only be in respect of the deceased uh, or the families of the deceased, and then obviously if, uh, for the survivors, the the twenty thousand rand would fall away uh, for funeral expenses. So that would, you know, they would just get one. Uh, I think it's one one million one hundred eighty thousand. You want so, to ask? Like yeah, you? I just want to know who does the money go to? In this case, let's say the mother passed away. Does it go into a trust account and somebody administer that amount, uh, the trust account in terms of actually distributing the money? I don't think there's any trust account there. Um, in the, the arbitration ruling does, uh, give, a, give a family representative, uh, per, per deceased. So. We hope the money's not squandered and people yeah. don't go buy cars and leather jackets. No, cause uh, I, I foresee. But what, what should they do with the money if you've yeah. lost a loved one? Um, I guess it, I don't know. Uh, well, look, one of the things that they, um, the original claim of, um, section 27, uh, for constitutional damages, um, mentioned in the arbitration ruling was one and a half million. And they, uh, the families, um, wanted to, um, donate 500,000 rand, uh, to be paid into the mental health care system in Kauteng, mm-hmm. uh, in memory of each deceased and to improve the care of mental health care users in the province. So they, um, you know, they, their intention was to, uh, you know, had they, Got the one and a half million. They would have donated half a million back to the to the province. To Talking the, of donations, what did the arbitrator, Judge Mosineke, do with his fee? Well, he do, he's donated it um, to, 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 to law schools. schools. Yeah, yeah. marvelous gesture. Isn't it? I think it's. We try to guess. I mean, what would an arbitrator earn per day? Anything fifteen to fifty thousand? We don't know. No, not sure. Um, um, he he was going the this arbitration lasted how many days? It was uh, forty three days and then two days of argument. So forty five days all in all. So yeah, it yeah. could have could have been a fairly substantial fee. Plus then all his time for writing the judgment, research uh, time it's, before the hearing. It's a, it's a, it could be a few. It could be a few million. We don't know. I'm not too sure. But very it's, generous of him. A marvelous man. Incredible. Yeah. 
he uh, never became chief justice, uh, which is a great tragedy. Politically, there's a reason why. Yes. Uh, I think in Becky and Zuma and whatever. But uh, he, he, he deserved to be. You sat and watched him and you gave evidence in front of him. Yeah. He was very involved in this case, wasn't he? In- incredibly involved yeah. and... Um, I just, yeah, he, uh, it's just incredible to. Sometimes uh, judges swear, kind of fall half fall asleep. But, uh, it's, yeah. a, it's a, undoubtedly my career highlight to just yeah. give evidence in front of someone like that. It's yeah. just, uh, you were cross-examined quite strenuously, weren't you, Greg, by the government's lawyers? Yes, um, yeah, there were there were there were a few questions around um, life expectancy. Um, they had cited certain international studies, but um, now I was just pointed out that it, you, you can't sort of make a statement that. Someone's got a reduction in life expectancy of 25 years without relating it to their age and so on. So mm-hmm. there were, um, yeah, there were just sort of some sort of broad questions around life expectancy. And then there were also questions about, um, you know, did we take into account the fact that uh, in the ordinary course of the events, um, some of these patients may have me- been moved to uh, back home or to another facility and so on. Um, but yeah, I mean, we our, our calculations were specifically focused on what would it have cost to keep these people in um, life estimation because what transpired afterwards is uh, well, um, t- you know, what Justice Mosinecki questions in in the ruling is um, was cost cost saving really the the reason for the transfer? And do we get do we get the answer to that? I one? don't know the answer to that. No, I, th- I, don't, I don't think I don't. anyone. It never came out, did it? No. Yeah. Transformation in your profession as an actuary is is taking place very fast, isn't it? Yes, I think um, there's there's uh, there's a lot of good programs in place. Um, there's uh, we've got an actuarial development uh, trust, um, so uh, quite a few actuaries, myself included, uh, make contributions to the trust, and um, that funds the university fees of uh, of um, disadvantaged students and. Um, We've got a there's an actual society educational trust, um, which is also uh, doing incredible work in terms of maths education in South Africa. So um, we've we've partnered with um, the, 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 there's a particular um, product with paper video where you can basically scan a QR code and get a pop up lesson on your cell phone. Uh, to deal with the maths problem in a workbook. So, yeah, the actuaries are known to be, you have kind of genius uh, qualities, you actuaries. I mean, it's a known fact. In order to become an actuary, you have to have uh, great maths marks, don't you? Yeah, I think I was speaking to Professor Stephen Jerish at Witz a while back, and I think he mentioned, I think most of their first year intake have got more than 90% for for, um, uh, school uh, metric maths. Sure. So I think Mm. their intake is around about 180 to 200. Um, students and they're generally all. Uh, Do they get you, past first year? A lot of um, them. I th- the attrition rate is normally high in first year. Um, mm. I'm not sure of the exact numbers. It might be wow. sort of forty percent. The relevance of of your evidence, testimony, and the reliability of what you had to say is probably something that the judge relied on. Although he doesn't mention you by name, at least he was secure in awarding. The amount uh, that was quite close to what you suggested. No, I think, uh, I think at least to just put a parameter on the table is useful. Um, mm. and that's, it's, it's sometimes a tactic that one could use. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not always, um, there's actually quite a, quite a nice, ju- uh, Supreme Court of Appeal judgment from, um, that, that basically paved the way for actuaries in, in the damages space where they, 
they said that um, you know there's there's sort of two approaches um, available to a court in assessing um, loss of earnings in this particular matter, mm. and the one was uh, sort of a guesswork, a guesswork, and the other one was to rely on some mathematical calculation um, based on assumptions which may may be strongly pro- uh, probable to speculative. So, um, you know the. They say, well, the result of an actual calculation may, may be no more than an informed guess. It's got the advantage uh, of an attempt to ascertain the value of what was lost on a logical basis. Mm. Um, whereas like a, a judge's gut feeling um, as to what is fair and reasonable is no more than a blind guess. That Absolutely. Was, I, that was, I that mean, was as a the, lawyer, who, I, I wouldn't know how much to award. Uh, I don't know whether you would, line, and I think no. – uh, this what what you gave is what he relied on probably uh, I, I yeah. don't know I know he expressed some concerns about um, uh, you know I think something that he was grappling with quite a lot was the, um, treating each life the same mm. um, because what often happens in and I, I think he mentioned it on the second last day if, if an actuary and a gardener are um, killed in the same accident uh, the, the actuary's dependence would get like a thousand times what the gardener's dependence mm. would get and is that really fair I mean the, yes we have this like common law that's developed but is it right and um shouldn't shouldn't everybody you know if you, if you killed in exactly the same circumstances shouldn't you all get the same amount mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think it's something that people have been grappling with for for a long long time yeah. dating back to biblical times yeah i think our labor laws say um it's across the board if you're the the, the sweeper or whether you're the shop steward i mean if there's an increase that everyone shares in yeah it. that's the yeah. principle that uh yeah, it's applied there. There's a lovely joke. I'm sorry to make a joke at, at your expense. Um, there's a guy who probably is a, an actuary, Mitchell Kaplan. He says, I once told an actuary to go to the end of the line. He came back five minutes later and said he couldn't because someone else was already there. <laughs> there you go. Only an actuary would come up with that. Well done. You're our hero of the week. Uh, Greg Whitaker, what's the all company's name, please? Uh, it's Algorithm Consultants and Actuaries. Yeah. Um, but I, I think uh, just to touch base on this, how important it is for one to actually get a, a an opinion. Let's say I was involved in a an, in an accident and where we need to determine the value because most of the people needs that, but they don't know how to access actual roles and so forth. It, it normally comes via an attorney. So you know, normally you get, uh, you know, road act, typical road accident fund matter. Um, the claimant will go to the attorney and then the, um, the claimant is assessed by a variety of experts that they deem are necessary. And then uh, sort of actuaries are normally the last in line in terms of actually quantifying what the, Amount would be so one cannot come directly to you guys without. It's an generally, answer. it's generally not done that way okay. because you normally we we re, we reliant on other experts in terms of the prognosis of okay. uh, future earnings and so on. All right, thank you, Greg Whitaker. Many thanks for joining us today. Thanks for giving us insight into the calculations. We really appreciate it. Thanks. We'll for talk to me. you again. Uh, to anyone listening live, please don't go away because we have another segment now. It's on sureties and oh, yes. summary judgment. Very mm. good one. Uh, We'll be right back. This is cliffcentral.com.